The local government news roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner. Coming up in today's roundup, municipal monitors wrap up at Greater Geelong. Speculation that Melbourne Lord Mayor Sally Cap will step aside, clearing the way for a run by her deputy. The mayor accuses Melbourne Airport of delaying the airport rail link project. Melbourne City Council rethinks its naming policy approach. Concerns over plans to remove 50,000 books from a popular city library. A massive cost blowout for a pool project in Sydney. A council worker facing charges over a greater crash. A UK council planning to close nearly all of its public toilets to save money. And a council calls for help to keep the wolves at bay. Literally. Hello, I'm Chris Eddy. Welcome to The Roundup for the 12th of February 2024. I have lots to tell you about today from across the world of local government. The podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with Fast Track coming up on the 15th of March. Registration's open now. And with support from Davidson, the nationally recognised local government recruitment and business advisory service. Government-appointed municipal monitors Prue Digby and Peter Dorling have concluded their year-long term overseeing Greater Geelong City Council with their final report on the council's performance now under consideration by Local Government Minister Melissa Horne. The monitors were appointed to supervise the search for a new chief executive and their presence cost the council an estimated $1,300 per day. The Geelong Advertiser claims that a number of senior City Hall staff had become increasingly frustrated that the monitors continued to exert influence on council decisions long after Ali Wastey was appointed to the top job in June. The report is expected to be shared with the council and made public in due course. Ms Digby has since been appointed as one of two monitors at Mooney Valley City Council for a six-month term. Melbourne Deputy Lord Mayor Nicholas Rees has denied claims that he is gauging support in the business community for a potential run for Lord Mayor if current Mayor Sally Cap retires. The Herald Sun reports today on speculation that Cap may retire after the start of construction on her pet project, The Green Line. Councillor Rees says his focus is on working with the current Lord Mayor and the Council. It's claimed that a funding shortfall of over $200 million for the Green Line project is expected to be a key issue in the upcoming Council elections. Mooney Valley City Council Mayor Councillor Pierce Tyson has taken aim at Melbourne Airport for delaying the airport rail link project by insisting on an underground train station. 
Mayor Tyson argues that the demand is impractical and obstructionist, especially since there are no plans for a train line beyond the airport. He's urged the airport to consider the community and the workforce it supplies and to stop delaying the project with expensive demands. Mayor Tyson said the airport's call for more bus links was a deflection from its obstructionist tactics. Jerome Weimar, previously known for his role as the state's COVID-19 response commander, has been appointed to lead the government's housing statement implementation group in the Department of Premier and Cabinet. The policy involves plans for 800,000 homes to be built in a decade. And the Sunday Herald Sun reported that some have questioned whether the former head of the state's Commonwealth Games preparations has relevant experience in the housing sector. But a spokesperson said the government views Weimar as a capable leader for complex projects. The City of Melbourne is revising its policy to prioritise women and Indigenous people for road and place names after community consultation found it unpopular. Despite opposition, the Council will retain the focus on Aboriginal language names and prominent women. The revised policy will consider mechanisms to override a priority name if supported and will include annual public reporting of all new names. The Sunday Herald Sun reported that the policy and the community engagement process has come in for criticism from some council members, including Deputy Lord Mayor Nicholas Rees. There are concerns over plans to remove over 50,000 books from the shelves at Melbourne City Library in Flinders Lane and replace them with meeting rooms, according to a report from The Age. The library, which has been operating for nearly 20 years, is Victoria's busiest public lending library. The City of Melbourne plans to reduce the library's book collection, sparking criticism from former librarians who argue that the collection is unique and valuable. The City argues that the changes are based on community feedback and borrowing trends and that the books will be dispersed across other libraries donated or recycled. Mildura Rural City Council is opposing the Victorian Government's proposed new tax on truck freight at the Port of Melbourne, warning it could significantly impact the community, commodity groups and local growers. The Council fears its region, which is heavily reliant on road transport, could be among the hardest hit. The tax would increase costs for local transport operators, affecting local growers and businesses with the broader community feeling the impacts at the checkout. Mayor Liam Wood is calling for more information on the tax's use, its regional impact and how much of the tax will be invested in the region. And an industrial dispute has arisen in Brimback following an incident where a council worker was bitten by a spider, resulting in the loss of part of his foot. The Municipal and Utilities Workers' Union has raised concerns about safety hazards at the council-owned Keelor Operations Centre, including the presence of spiders and rodents, inadequate lighting and faded pedestrian line markings. The Star Weekly reported that the council and union representatives have undertaken inspections, with minor issues identified that will be addressed as soon as possible. However, the union is calling for more accountability, describing the council's response as unacceptable. Briefly in other news, 13 candidates have nominated for the Greater Dandenong City Council Yarraman Ward postal by-election. The VEC will send ballot packs to all eligible voters, with voting closing at 6pm on Friday the 8th of March. Greater Geelong's new Northern Aquatic and Community Hub was officially opened on Friday. Mayor Trent Sullivan, Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles and Member for Lara Ella George jointly officiated at the opening of the eagerly awaited new facility. At a cost upwards of $65 million, it's the Council's largest ever investment in community infrastructure. 
Heritage Victoria has granted approval for the Swan Hill Tourism and Cultural Hub at Pioneer Settlement, marking a significant milestone for the Swan Hill Rural City Council project. The approval allows for the progression of detailed design works. And Mitchellshire Council has partnered with Upcycle for Better to provide free drop-off points for worn-out and damaged textiles at the Seymour and Wallen Resource Recovery Centres. It's part of the Council's aim to divert 80% of waste from landfill by 2030. Accepted items include clothing, home items, accessories and footwear, which are then collected, sorted and transformed into sustainable items by Upcycle for Better. You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup, episode 305, recorded on Monday the 12th of February 2024. Now for some Local Government News stories from around Australia. The refurbishment of the North Sydney Olympic Pool is expected to exceed $100 million, almost double the original estimate, with the reopening possibly delayed until 2025. This comes after defects were found in a steel structure that had to be dismantled last year. The project has been marred by cost overruns, delays and controversies over its scale, design and heritage concerns. The Sydney Morning Herald reported that North Sydney Council will today consider a $20 million loan to fund the project, which was initially projected to cost $58 million and to be completed by late 2022. The Daily Telegraph has reported that former Mayor and current Liberal leader on Waverley Council, Sally Betts, is facing a leadership challenge from her party colleagues. The move follows allegations of inappropriate and alcohol-fuelled behaviour. Betts, who has served on the council for over 20 years, is currently under investigation for a potential breach of conduct. Despite the controversy, there's speculation that Betts intends to run for Mayor in the upcoming September elections. Inner West Mayor Darcy Byrne is pushing for the power to limit the opening of tobacco and vape stores near schools and suburban shopping strips, citing health risks to children. The Sydney Morning Herald reports that the council will vote this week on a motion for new regulations requiring those stores to seek approval through a development application. Mayor Byrne also wants the New South Wales government to reduce the number of authorised tobacconist and vape stores in the state. However, a spokeswoman for the planning minister said that councils already have powers to limit the types of shops in areas through local planning requirements. A Federation Council worker is facing court charges after allegedly crashing a grader into a fire truck while allegedly unlicensed and at nearly twice the alcohol limit. The Border Mail reported that the incident occurred during a response to a suspicious fire in Corowa leading to a fireman's hospitalisation. The 50-year-old council worker was charged with mid-range drink driving, driving with an expired licence and negligent driving. He's been issued with an immediate driving ban and has been stood down from his council role. Lake Macquarie City Council is investigating the illegal removal of four mature coastal banksias at Swansea Heads, suspected to have been chainsawed to open up coastal views for nearby residents. The destruction of the trees, thought to be up to 100 years old, is considered a serious offence, with penalties ranging from a $3,000 on-the-spot fine to up to $110,000 if the matter goes to court. The council is urging anyone with information to come forward. Former Federal MP George Christensen is running for local government in the upcoming Mackay Regional Council elections. 
Christensen, who retired from federal politics in 2021 and later defected to One Nation, is part of Jacko's team, Mackay First, led by businessman and former NRL player Steve Jackson. Christensen's father, Ian, is also a candidate on the same team. More on that story from ABC News. In far north Queensland, two employees at Mareeba Shire Council are threatening to sue the founder of a local ratepayers group for defamation, according to the Cairns Post. The group is voicing complaints claiming neglect of public assets and services in Karanda, with one post allegedly targeting two specific council employees. Amid rising rates and charges, residents claim the village lacks basic amenities and maintenance. Those claims have been dismissed by the council as fake news or alternative facts, citing limited funds and the community's ability to pay more. The council is also supporting its employees' legal actions against the defamation claims. Some national news briefs now and the City of Launceston has voted to send its draft Homelessness Statement of Commitment for Community Consultation. The document outlines a cohesive approach to address homelessness developed with feedback from stakeholders including outreach workers, people with lived experience of homelessness and non-profit organisations. The strategy is informed by current research and aims to respond strategically with a person-centred, dignity-first focus. The City of Darwin is soliciting proposals for a place and livability plan aiming to capture the needs and values of its residents. The plan will adopt the 15-minute city approach focusing on improving community infrastructure and accessibility. It will include a toolkit for future developments and pilot project ideas for new urban design initiatives. And WA's Shire of Halls Creek is recruiting for a Chief Executive Officer after the resignation in January of Philip Castle. The Shire is one of four local government areas in the Kimberley region in northern Western Australia. Mills Recruitment is taking applications until Monday the 26th of February. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. We'll start in the UK today with bankrupt Woking Borough Council in Surrey revealing plans to close nearly all of its public toilets and lay off up to 60 staff to save £8 million, according to MSN and the Daily Mail. The decision, aimed at balancing the books for the next financial year, follows the Council's declaration of effective bankruptcy last June due to a £1.2 billion budget hole caused by borrowing for its investment strategy. Other approved cuts include street cleaning, grounds maintenance and grants funding. The full budget for next year, which includes a 10% rise in council tax, is due to be signed off on the 4th of March. Birmingham councillors have voted to delay a proposed 18% pay increase due to financial issues at the council, according to BBC News. The recommendation for the pay rise was made before the council declared bankruptcy and the scale of their financial problems was known. The council needs to save £300 million over the next two years and is also dealing with a £760 million equal pay bill and an £80 million overspend on an IT project. With so many councils declaring financial challenges, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has criticised them for proposing significant council tax increases, despite many facing funding shortfalls. Councils in England have requested permission to raise council tax by more than 5% to balance their budgets amid a national crisis in local authority funding. The government has granted some councils permission to exceed the 5% cap, but not all. 
Mr Sunak is reported in The Guardian to have said it is incumbent on councils to manage the cost of living for their residents and not burden them with high tax increases. In Italy, the town of Siena, known for its art and gastronomy, is facing an increasing number of wolf sightings. The wolves, attracted by the scrubland habitat on the outskirts of town, have caused concern among residents and local authorities. The City Council has appealed to Tuscany's regional government and the Higher Institute for Environmental Protection and Research for help with the problem. The Telegraph reports that measures such as clearing the scrubland and advising residents to keep pets indoors are being considered, but trapping or shooting the wolves is not an option due to protective laws. From New Zealand, Hamilton City Council is facing significant budget changes due to a legislative shift that requires the inclusion of water service delivery costs in its long-term plans. The new government has reversed a law that removed those costs from council budgets, adding hundreds of millions of dollars to the council's draft budget and resulting in sharp increases in projected rates. The council will reconsider its plan and the impact on rates at a meeting on the 20th of February. The main driver for the rate projections is the need to maintain a debt-to-revenue ratio set by the local government funding agency. The high cost of a name change is in the spotlight in Las Vegas, Nevada, with the cost of changing signs at Harry Reid International Airport having risen to $7.68 million, significantly surpassing the original estimate. Clark County Commissioners have approved an additional $4.77 million for the project, with the most expensive part being the marquee landmark signs on Tropicana Avenue. The project, still in Phase 1, will face a deficit of over a million dollars by its end. 8 News Now reports that the renaming of the airport from McCarran to Harry Reid has been a contentious issue, reflecting political divisions in the state. And finally, the 15-minute city model, where essential amenities are within a 15-minute walk or bike ride from home, is feasible in the US despite its car-centric design, according to a new study by MIT researchers. Bloomberg.com reports that the study found that most Americans don't live in such cities, with only 14% of trips made within a 15-minute walking radius. However, when amenities like parks and grocery stores are nearby, people naturally gravitate towards them. The study suggests that zoning reforms and public interventions can encourage walkability and diverse uses in neighbourhoods. However, the model may increase segregation, necessitating investments in economic opportunity and reducing residential segregation. And that's your roundup for Monday the 12th of February. I hope you found something of interest in today's edition. The podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with support from Davidson Recruitment and Business Advisory Services. You can find links to the stories referenced in the episode and a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. While you're there, check out the latest breaking news updates and learn how you can support the roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. The local government news roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. I'll be back soon with more local government news. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now. The 
Local Government News Roundup is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association. As Victorian councils go to elections later this year, the VLGA is ready to support communities and councils in good governance. A series of workshops has been designed to increase understanding of the local government sector, the work of councils and the role of a councillor. Registrations are being taken now for workshops in May on standing for local government and local women leading change. And member councils should look out for the VLGA's 2024 local government election pre-candidate prospectus available soon. Find out more about how the VLGA can support your council and community during this important time in the local government election cycle. Visit vlga.org.au.